0: It was 1984. Not the 1984 of George Orwell's big brother, but rather my 1984. My inaugural year into teaching. It was Monday morning, the first week of school. The Pine Grove Elementary secretary was a portly woman whose height barely reached my shoulder. While she walked in lumbering steps beside me, we crossed the playground and passed a dingy yellow building. Ahead lay an old wooden structure painted the same dull yellow. I instantly thought the edifice looked like an old army barracks, the kind seen in John Wayne movies about World War II. Little did I know that the 60-foot-long building was to be my classroom for the next three years. When Mrs. Dixon and I walked into the disheveled interior, I was immediately aware of several things. The room was enormous. The furniture, including the teacher's desk, was a hodgepodge of various colors, dented metal blue, yellow, and green chairs, and desks with gouged and scarred surfaces. At the end of the class, opposite the teacher's desk, was an open door, and I could clearly see a sink and toilet on the other side of the portal. Most of all, I saw twelve very large boys lined up across from the door, staring at me and the secretary. "'Well, Mrs. Blake, this is your classroom, "'and and these are are young men are your students.' "'I smiled hesitantly at the glaring boys. "'One child, the shortest of the group "'with an unruly and obviously uncombed mass of strawberry curls, "'snickered at me. "'They seem so old for third grade,' I stammered. "'At that moment,' An African-American boy, almost as tall as I, picked up a blue plastic chair and with ease pitched it across the room. The projectile landed about a foot from my black pumps. Mrs. Dixon laughed nervously. "'Well, (laughs) I'll leave you to get acquainted with your students,' she said." And before I could respond, the little woman, now with surprising agility, was out the door and gone into the muggy August morning. Suddenly, I understood how Daniel felt when the door closed and he was alone in a den with circling lions. Show no fear, I told myself. To this day, more than 25 years later, I do not know why I did what came next. Truly, if I had thought about my actions, I would have never risked such a behavior. With little thought, I picked up the blue chair that now lay on its side at my feet, and I threw it back at my assailant, who had slung his weapon so challengingly minutes before. I, of course, made sure the object landed a safe distance from him, about two feet to his left. I wasn't so sure he had deliberately missed me. My action generated an immediate response. Strawberry curls, who I was later to learn was named Wayne, he hawed like a donkey brang. A heavy-set black boy, easily the biggest human being in the room, howled similar to a wolf baying at the moon. His howl was followed by the words, "Oh, men's Rome, she bad, she bad, she gonna fix yo good." A white child, wearing faded blue overalls, ran to the bathroom and slammed the door. I heard a click telling me he had locked himself safely within. Amidst the howls and shrieks, I walked to the chair-pitcher, apparently named Jerome, extended my hand and said, "'I'm Mrs. Blake, and I'm happy to make your acquaintance.' Jerome didn't return the offer of a hand. Instead, he crossed his arms over his chest and went to the teacher's desk— where he placed himself in the chair behind it. Immediately, with arms still crossed, he put his feet on what was to be my desk. The room seemed to stand still. Even the dust drifting on sun rays coming through the windows seemed momentarily to be suspended. The other boys stared first at Jerome, and then at me, and then back to Jerome. None of them moved. I heard the click of the bathroom door and a creak, which told me that Overalls was watching from his vantage point. Somehow, though I was a new teacher with absolutely no experience, I knew I was being tested. I also knew that what I did in that moment would snap a plumb line for the rest of the school year.